everyone, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Friday, ready for the weekend. Some things that I want to get into before we wrap it all up. I want to be talking about the DCU casting. It's brand new Supergirl. Who is it? What has she done? And what does it mean for the DCEU moving forward? I'm also going to be talking about Ari Aster's new film that he's going to be coming out with along with the big star that he was able to nab for his follow-up follow to Midsommar and a whole lot more. But the first thing that I do want to get into, as I usually do every Friday, of course, is recapping or reviewing rather the latest episode of Marvel Studios' WandaVision. Again, today is a non-spoiler review, so if you want to leave your comments, make sure that they don't spoil anything. Give people a day or two the weekend to, to, to catch up, watch it, and then, of course, on Monday, I'll be doing my spoiler review, going into every single detail about the latest from Westview and the Hex. And there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened this week on WandaVision. Again, this is going to be a non-spoiler review, and overall, I really did enjoyed this episode. I thought it was definitely a lot better than last week in terms of the overall story. And last week, there was a lot of buildup, not a lot of answers given, a lot more questions. And it was really kind of building up to these last three episodes. And this week, we do get a lot more questions, and it is building up to the final two episodes. But we do get some major revelations that kind of change the perception of watching the series up until now, from episode one to, to what we witness. In in the final few minutes of episode seven, it really is a, a game changer. And again, I'm not giving anything away. It, it confirms some theories. It shoots down a lot of theories as well. And I think people are, are really going to like what they see in this episode. When it comes to the sitcom aspect, again, I love what they have been able to do. This seems like it's going to be the final homage to the decades of sitcom as we finally reach the, the modern day sitcom doing kind of the mockumentary style episodic telling that we got in shows like Modern Family, The Office, Community. And I really liked that aspect of it. Again, kind of breaking the fourth wall. And with the titles of the episodes, they've kind of given a hint of what we're going to get in each and every episode. And this one was kind of speaking to the audience, speaking to people, and giving kind of a little bit more of a wink than what we've gotten beforehand. Because a lot of the script, even in the the outside part, the real world of Westview has kind of given, has been a lot of meta conversations, like you're talking to the audience or someone like a Jimmy Woo or a Darcy Lewis is the, the the fourth wall of the audience. So they're kind of the third person watching this whole thing unfold and they take it to the next level with this episode. But I like the style of it. It does feel very modern family, the style, the aesthetic, the production design, but there are little seeds and, and homages, Easter eggs to the office as well so for people that want to watch it for the sitcom level style of it i think we'll come away like the last few episodes really enjoying what they're able to do with this as well elizabeth olsen paul bettany katherine hahn this episode really brings it as well and it's just kind of driving towards this conclusion and again i think this is the last episode we will get with the sitcom format it seems like we're going to be going more towards the mcu epic level that people might have been looking for with this show overall and again it, i think it's just building towards what's going to be one hell 
of a finale. A lot of the cast has been hyping it up, has been really looking forward to what fans are reacting to. And if there hasn't been any more evidence than kind of bringing this full circle for the entire week, it really this this news story will kind of showcase why WandaVision is so popular. It's so big that at midnight in the Pacific Coast and 3 a.m. here when WandaVision is released, mostly in the West Coast, it was reported that it was around Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle. The minutes after WandaVision dropped on Disney+, Plus, the streaming service legitimately crashed for around 10 to 15 minutes, and no one was able to watch the episode in, in those time areas. If you were on the East Coast, you were able to watch it if you miraculously were able to stay up till 3 in the morning. My hats are off to you, which is probably why a lot there wasn't as much traffic. But on the West Coast, because a lot of people, it's easier to stay up maybe to watch it at midnight. It's only 30 minutes to watch the episode. Not like it's an hour. People will stay up to watch it. And again, the popularity is so big around this that the site literally crashed. And again, this showcases that this could be bigger than Mandalorian. This is the biggest show around the world right now. And something like Disney Plus crashing, it just continues to bring evidence that people want to watch this show. And even though there's a mystery aspect to it, and it is a weekly drop per episode, there's a reason, there's a method to the madness and people are coming back, they're they're theorizing every single week and they want to they want to know what happens that they want to go right away to watch the episode again this is what we always thought these disney plus shows could be whether it's star wars whether it's marvel they could kind of be the next phenomenons that fanboys fangirls corral against and don't wait until the day after or the day of to watch the minute it drops they watch it like a game of thrones so i think this is just the latest evidence of showcasing that wandavision has really become another phenomenon for disney plus and i think it's only going to continue because again it's not like star wars where you get a season of the mandalorian and then you don't get anything up from from star wars for months literally a week after the finale of wandavision we're getting the falcon and the winter soldier and to kind of segue from that point Today also will mark the one month before the debut of the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Today's February 19th. One month from now, March 19th, will be the first episode debuting on the streaming service. And Disney Plus put out this 30-second spot teasing, giving a little bit more footage, but old stuff that we saw from the first two trailers. But again, it's just I think the excitement level is already there, and it's just going to gain and carry momentum from one show to the next. And I just think it's really incredible to see what Marvel has been able to do. And the fact that WandaVision has been able to keep this level of maintaining well, it's remarkable. And again, it goes to show that you don't need to do a binge watch, uh, a binge watch format, a binge watch model to have conversations going on to watch the entire season. It really is the weekly format has come back in a resurgence, really, of showcasing that if if you do wait every single week, you get people talking about it. That's what builds the buzz. It's not dropping a whole season on one weekend, having the buzz build for a week or two and then just completely dying away. You build and build and build. And if we're already at this point where we're three episodes away from the finale, then two weeks from now, I don't even want to know what happens when people are staying up to watch how it all really ends. So it's going to be exciting to see how it all comes together. I did enjoy this episode. It did give a few major revelations that will have people talking until next week's episode. Still a lot of mystery to be had, but the performance performances are all great 
again, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen are just remarkable in what they've been able to do. I don't know if they'll get Emmy consideration because, again, there's going to be so much Marvel content to come out. Who knows if this will fall by the wayside just because there's going to be so many shows, so many movies coming out that it's just going to be hard to keep track of all of them. But the work that they've been able to do from Jack Schaefer, who she has just been able to continue to develop incredible scripts, incredible dialogue, and not make it seem too comical but it, or too serious, doing a great mix of it all while also being very meta. And that's something very hard to do with not making it kind of too cheesy. And, and they've been able to toe the line really, really well. And the same thing with, with Matt Shackman, who if you ever wanted to have a directing challenge, this is the kind of show to do with between the sitcom aspects for every single episode going through the decades and then having to transfer over to a cinematic Marvel format within each of the episodes. It just continues that juggling format, and I'm very excited to see how it all really comes together in these final two episodes in the direction that they decide to bring this show home with. So this, this show continues to marvel me, no pun intended, and I'm really, really excited to see where it all leads to. But a really good episode. I think people will be satisfied, and I think last week there were, again, a lot of questions, and I was one of those people where I just felt like I was cheated out of seeing an additional 15 minutes of stuff that we wanted to see. But this week, again, you want more, but I did feel satisfied in the sense that I got some answers and I can I can mull over those, I can marinate in them, think about more theories, and then wait until the next week. So some exciting stuff happening with this show. We're at the home stretch now, two episodes left, and it's all really coming to a head with WandaVision. So again, in non-spoiler terms, guys, what did you think of this episode of WandaVision? Let me know what you think down below. And again, don't give anything away. We'll talk about it. Full spoilers on Monday to kind of go through it, dissect everything, what it means, theories. We'll get into it all on Monday. But again, non-spoiler thoughts, let me know down below and leave your thoughts. And then moving on over from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the DC Extended Universe. And some surprise news came out today in regards to the Flash movie that is set to come out as of right now next year in that Mandy Muschietti, Walter Hamada, and the people over at, at DC have found their version of Supergirl. And it was announced today, according to Deadline, and a video post made by Eni Muschietti announcing that Sasha Kelly will be taking on the mantle of Supergirl, kind of replacing uh, Melissa Bonnet, who will be taking up the cape one last time in the Arrowverse and kind of portraying her version of Carol Danvers in, or not Carol Danvers, excuse me, but taking on the mantle of Supergirl moving forward and she will be appearing in the flash and according to the deadline article these are some of the details that they had in terms of the audition process and finding Sasha Kelly being their supergirl and this is what the article had to say the flash director Anthony Muschietti watched all the auditions and I hear along with DC films boss Walter Hamada and the producers were blown away by the actress's toughness and vulnerability that she brought to the role Anthony Muschietti says I saw more than 400 auditions. The talent pool was truly amazing, and it was very hard to make a decision, but we finally found an actress who is destined to play this role, said Muschietti, who has a keen eye for discovering talent in a particular, in particular, all the young actors from the first It movie. The actress weren't informed, the actress weren't informed of what part they were reading for until very late in the process. Callie also did a chemistry read with the Flash star Ezra Miller, 
All auditions, chem reads, and meetings, especially during COVID, were done over Zoom. Callie will fly to the Flash production soon. Callie's discovery here is akin to what Warners and Zack Snyder did in casting fresh face Gal Gadot, who was known previously from Fast and Furious 6, in the role of Wonder Woman, which catapulted her into being a global star. The Israeli actress made her debut at the DC superhero initially in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, before starring in Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, and Justice League. So, Again, this is a, a huge surprise that I don't think a lot of people really saw coming. And for a lot of people that are wondering, well, who is Sasha Kelly? That's the thing a lot of questions that people are going to are going to be asking because the only thing that she has done that she's really well known for, and according to the Deadline article, is that she's been a major force in daytime soap operas, specifically in The Young and the Restless. So for some people that might watch that, they might have an idea of who Sasha Kelly is. But for a lot of people, this is going to be her first introduction for everybody and what a role to really get to reintroduce somebody into the world and for an up-and-coming actress this is as big as it gets superhero roles are the the action movies of what you would get or if you were in a big-time blockbuster in the 80s or 9 or in the 90s or early 2000s this is as big as it gets this is like being cast alongside a Mission Impossible movie or in The Matrix. It, this is a big deal. So, And this is a, a hero, a character that really had one live action appearance in film that nobody really remembers. So for a lot of people, this is going to be their first introduction into Supergirl. And to have somebody, a, a, a minority, a, a Latino, play this character is absolutely amazing. And it makes sense that Andy Muschietti would want to expand the the pool a little bit, not just focus in on finding one specific person, as we've been seeing a lot in when it comes to auditions and the casting process. So they're not fitting it in terms of finding a person that is Caucasian or has blonde hair or is brunette. They, they, they expand it out for a lot of people. And we've been seeing it in something like The Little Mermaid with Halle Berry or, or Halle Bailey, excuse me, or in the line of, of what Black Adam is doing right now, where Hawkman in, in Black Adam usually is played by a white dude. But instead, they decided to go with Aldous Hodges, who, if you've seen One Night in Miami, you know the work that he does as Jim Brown, but he's done an exceptional work prior to that as well. So we're getting into a place now where it's not just designated on what does a character's appearance look like, whether it's on a page or whether it's animated. You decide to go on the talent. And Andy Muschietti, again, from the article, they they trust his acting or his talent-looking prowess because of what he was able to do with the It franchise, making a lot of stars from that first batch of kids in that first movie. And it seems like he was looking hell-bent on finding the person that they wanted to. And it seems like they found that that person with this. And if if Callie was auditioning doing chemistry read with Ezra Miller, that's just not a small role that she's going to be in. This seems like it's going to be a very big role for her, that she's going to have a prominent part to play in the Flash movie. Now, whether that's going to be the a, a Supergirl on Earth Primer or a, a Supergirl from another Earth that will become the main Supergirl to be, that are that's all questions to be had for the future. And another question that can come out of this is, does this mean that Henry Cavill is no more as Superman? There's, there's been rumors and speculation that Henry Cavill is re-upping his contract to continue to play Superman or he's done playing Superman. And does is this further indication that 
instead of doing the Man of Steel, they're going with Supergirl instead. And she is going to be the Kryptonian that is the primary one in the DCEU moving forward since this is really a new iteration of the universe going forward. This is under a new president with Walter Hamada. He's using the multiverse as a conduit to kind of connect all these universes together in some kind of a way. So there's a lot of questions to be had with this, but for a young actress, again, like for Sasha Kelly, I'm extremely happy for her. And what, what, what was also really great is Anthony Muschietti, Andy Muschietti put on his Instagram page the full announcement for Sasha Kelly, where usually we hear a lot about this stuff in the trades. We'll hear a major casting announcement, but we won't actually see it happen because usually you have to do a call or you have to do a Zoom as a lot of people have done nowadays or, or a FaceTime. It, it, it's, it's a really, really big thing for somebody that goes through a grueling audition process. And for something like this, like a Supergirl or something like a Spider-Man with Tom Holland, you are up against hundreds and thousands of other actors that are going through this process as well. And for somebody who is is just been in smaller things, this is it's a huge get for a young actor and actress. And to to see the emotion on on, on Sasha Kelly's face when Andy Muschietti told her that she would be playing the character of the DCU, you could just see the emotion that her crying and, and I guess her family was out of view from from the camera, but I'm sure they were right beside her as well. You could just see the emotion just weighing off of her and the fact that after all that waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and, and seeing if you got the role, you finally know that you are playing this iconic character. And again, for a lot of people, this will be their first introduction to Supergirl. If they haven't seen the older version from years and years ago, that again, nobody knows about. And if you haven't watched the Arrowverse and you haven't seen Melissa Bennett's version of this character, then this is going to be a lot of people's introduction, kind of like how for a lot of women and for a lot of girls, Gal Gadot was their first introduction to Wonder Woman. Obviously, you have the the, the versions beforehand. Obviously, you have the the actresses and, and the performers that are a part of Wonder Woman. But for a lot of people, for Gal Gadot, it, this is exactly who little girls are reminded of, and for who people who know her, and for people that knew Linda Carter, that was their iteration of Wonder Woman. For, for the modern audience, Gal Gadot is that version. That's exactly what Sasha Kelly, I think, is going to be for a lot of people. So for her, this is this is as big as it gets for really a first major role. I'm I'm excited for her, and I'm excited to see what this Flash movie is going to be about. This thing has been in so many different iterations of production hell. It's it's crazy. You can make a whole story on just that alone between the different writers, the, the page one rewrites, the different directors from Lord and Miller to, to Rick from Iwa, finally getting to Andy Muschietti, and it seems like he is going to be really taking on the helm and doing this movie and having Ezra Miller in this as well. We have Ben Affleck coming back as Batman, Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman. So there's a lot of questions on how pivotal of a movie this really is going to be and how it can change and kind of reset things for Walter Hermata and everyone over at DCU where they can kind of have a clean slate, but at the same time, working with the actors and actresses that have made these characters so popular, like a Momoa and a Gadot and recasting or casting new people for these other characters, whether they want to recast somebody as Batman or recast somebody as, as Superman or instead of going Superman, go to Supergirl. There's all these different possibilities that they can do. And it seems like this Flash 
movie is going to be the tipping point of making sure that happens. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of this. I highly recommend if you haven't seen the video to check it out. It's heartwarming. It's fun. Again, you don't really get to see stuff like that actually happen. A lot of a lot of things when it comes to those casting announcements. Again, you see it happen years and years afterwards if an actor wants to release that stuff or you just hear about it either on Deadline or Hollywood Reporter. You don't really see it happen in real time. So for Andy Muschietti to, to put it out there is exciting and it seems like he's got the, the Supergirl costume. Now, whether that's the official outfit that she will be wearing in the film remains up in the air. It looks very similar to the design that Henry Cavill has in his iteration of Superman from the Zack Snyder movies. So are they go even if Zack Snyder doesn't continue in this universe, are they still going to carry some of the things that he did moving forward in this universe? Or are they going to create their own interpretations, their own origin stories? There's a lot of questions that's still to come with this movie. And I'm really curious to see how it all comes to a head. But overall, I'm excited for her. My reaction to her being casted, again, I haven't seen her in anything. I know she's in a very popular soap opera on daytime television. I haven't watched that, for, but for people that have, maybe they have a better idea of how good of an actress she is. She's an award winner. She has a daytime Emmy. So it seems like she is taken seriously in her acting credit. And again, to beat out over 400 contenders and and listers that wanted this role to be all of them out to come out of the finish line. Andy Muschietti must have really seen something in her to give her this role. So I'm excited for her. I'm excited for this movie to see where it goes and how it's all going to come together. And now I want to know what you guys think. Do you think that this is going to be an exciting addition for the DCEU? What does it mean? Do you know who Sasha Kelly is? Have you seen her work? Have you? Are you excited to see Supergirl in the DCEU officially? Let me know what you think down below and leave your thoughts and again guys i highly recommend going to andy muschietti's instagram page it's the latest post that he has on there it's about two minutes long shouldn't take a lot of time and it really is an authentic reaction to that news and again if you're a performer and you're looking to make it and you see that you can respect it and you know where somebody like that is really coming from trying to make it in this, this industry and again to land that big performance it, it means that you've made it and your world has really changed again being casted in a comic book movie is a pinnacle for an actor and actress it's the biggest genre in the game right now and to be casted in that, it really means your life is going to change forever. You're going to hopefully become a household name. People are going to notice you. You're going to be casted in a lot of movies if you have the acting chops, which, again, it seems like she does. And, and I'm really excited to see her career kind of blossom and her getting the opportunity to begin her career, her full, really her full career in film as a major iconic superhero in the comic book genre so again if you guys have any thoughts about it leave it down in the comments section and leave your thoughts i'd love to know what you guys think about it and now the final thing that i want to talk about on the Sam Bissell podcast today is a major announcement that also came out of deadline yesterday and it was the announcement of ari aster's brand new film following up his highly successful, wonderful film, Midsommar, in 2019 with Florence Pugh. And this time, Ari Aster will be re-teaming once again with A24 for his next film titled Disappointment Boulevard. And the plot is described as an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all 
time. And that all sounds great and exciting. And just that alone, if you're a fan of Ari Aster, that alone will get you excited to see what he's going to do next. But the real key piece that I think is going to elevate this above everything else is Ari Aster teaming up with one of the best actors in the game right now and probably one of the best actors of this generation who just won the is the defender the perennial winner defender right now of the best actor award at the oscars for playing the joker is joaquin phoenix coming in and teaming up with ari Aster for his brand new film which is an absolutely incredible get and if you know joaquin phoenix and you know his methods, which are crazy and unusual, but you, you see the resume that he's been able to culminate throughout the, in the last few decades. It's worked for him, and it just culminated in an Oscar award for him. He is very picky about his roles. He doesn't just do things for money. He's very artistic in the way that he chooses his roles. He loves to challenge himself, to push himself. And he seems like he found that with Ari Aster's brand new movie. And for people asking when's Joaquin Phoenix's next role following his Academy Award after playing Joker, this is his next film. He's coming out with a movie this year that I'm sure will garner some awards acclaim, but he shot that movie in two. 2019 before a lot of the major awards buts happened with Joker. So this is really going to be the follow-up to that highly acclaimed movie in 2019 with the Clown Prince of Crime. So again, Joaquin Phoenix is highly meticulous and for this to be his follow-up after that win, this must be something really special that Joaquin Phoenix is really looking forward to. And if you know just Ari Aster's last two movies alone, they're highly acclaimed, highly different original horror films that haven't really been brought to screen over the last few years between Hereditary and Midsommar, which again was one of my favorite films of 2019. It was number 10 on my list. It seems like Ari Aster has said that he wants to kind of move away from horror. And just based on this on this little synopsis that's come out, this basic descriptor of his next film. It doesn't sound like it's a horror movie, but for all we know, it could contain a little bit of some horror elements in there. And for Joaquin Phoenix, I, we really haven't seen him do anything horror-like over a, a long period of time. So for him to come in and maybe do something on the horror side or a mix of a drama with horror will be will be interesting to see. And to see the two of them team up is going to be great because Ari Aster, it's not like he's not worked with any A-listers before. He's worked with Tony Collette, who is an incredible actress, Florence Pugh, who is a real up-and-comer and is going to be an A-lister in the next few years, especially when she comes out with Black Widow, and now teaming up with Joaquin Phoenix. So for Ari Aster, coming three out of three to lead a film, he really is hitting it out of the park. So again, I'm really excited to see his next film, and for Joaquin Phoenix, he brings it all the time, and he's, again, going to challenge himself. He's going to do whatever it takes to get the best performance he can out of himself for the picture, whether it's losing weight or gaining weight or, or getting inside the psyche of this character. He's going to do whatever it is to do it because he's just that unique of a person. He's that unique of a character, and we'll see what happens with this movie, but I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to hear this news. Again, I'm somebody who wasn't a big fan of Hereditary, but Midsommar, I loved that movie. It was unique. It was different. It was a different kind of horror movie than I've seen beforehand, 
and he just did an incredible job with it. So for Ari Aster, I'm really excited that he gets to reteam with A24 as well after his last two movies, being with that indie production company. They know how to work with him. They know what he wants, and he's delivered for them as well on both uh, on two movies. So I'm sure that they really see him as being a breadwinner for their production company and know that he is a name that people will go out to see his movies. And again, getting somebody like Joaquin Phoenix on there to headline the film, I think will draw a lot more people as well. So what do you guys think about Joaquin Phoenix coming in to star in Ari Aster's brand new film titled Disappointment Boulevard? Let me know what you think and leave your thoughts. And with that down and out of the way, that will do it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in on to the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Also, along the way, make sure to check out these other amazing shows on the podcast solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, Fretzelmania Podcast, and Midnight Showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, guys, if you get a chance, make sure to check out my YouTube channel. You can find me at the Sam Sale Podcast, where I talk about and talk to the latest directors and actors in their upcoming films that they are promoting for everybody to see. And if you also want to check out my social media channels, you can find me on Twitter, at Bissell Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. Again, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And on Facebook, at Sam Bissell. Guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful weekend. And until next time, keep on screening.